It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I get to work with. Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday, primary Tuesday to you, Producer Steve. Oh, you beat me to the punch. Mm. Terrific Uh Tuesday and, yes, primary in Colorado Tuesday. Prim- primary in Colorado Tuesday. That's for sure. Big day here. And uh, I uh, will drop my ballot off a little bit later here, Steve. It's like, ah, I better not forget after all of this to vote. So make sure that you vote as well out there. And uh, as many of you know, I've endorsed in the top three offices, uh, Greg Lopez for governor, uh, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for Secretary of State. And uh, also out on the Eastern Plains, endorsed uh, Representative um, uh, Richard Holthorff as well there. And then there's so many great grassroots candidates that has have stepped forward. And, and so many of them, we ha- have had them on the show, Steve. Well, I've dropped ours off yesterday uh, just before noon. And by the end of the day, got a confirmation email that it was acknowledged that it was counted. Okay. Well, good. Congratulations. And... Um, Check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our uh, upcoming guests, our most recent essays, and uh, podcasts. We, we haven't done those for a little while. We've been so busy with the show. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's not compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their opportunity via force. And force comes in a lot of different ways, but weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elite's agenda for what they have for all of us minions out there, Producer Steve. Yes, all of us minions. All of us minions, yes. And uh, our quote for today, um, I, I read these and it's like, I'd like to know a lot more about these. I don't think we studied it in high school history, or maybe we did and I didn't know it. But our quote for today is from Herbert, Herbert Hoover. And uh, he was born in 1874. He died in 1964. He was a mining engineer, a humanitarian, a U.S. Secretary of Commerce, and the 31st President of the United States. And he was the son of Jesse Hoover, a blacksmith, and Hulda Mintorn Hoover, a seamstress. And she was a recorded minister in the Society of Friends, or the Quakers. Um, Isn't that remarkable? The son of a blacksmith and a seamstress becomes the President of the United States. What an amazing country. Well, uh, I mean, that's... Put that right next to the on the same shelf as you know Lincoln in his developmental years and you know where he ended up. I know, 
it's uh, it's remarkable. But this is what he said, and I thought this was appropriate for uh, primary election day here in Colorado. He said, freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah my dad shared with me you know, his opinion since uh, my dad was, what, uh, he'd been eight years old when the Depression hit. And he had a front row seat to it and said unfairly that Hoover got the depression hung around his neck. And you think his years in office was 1929 to 1933. Well, you know the way our system works. That election would have been 1928. He took office in January of 29. And nine months later, the Depression hit. You know, did he have enough time to cause the Depression? Or was there something else happening? That's a really good point. And again, it was because of government policy that the Depression occurred. But uh, yes, as I was looking for uh, his history, his biography, um, many of the uh, publications out there, are, do they say, oh, he was president during the Depression. But that's a really excellent point, Steve. And who preceded him? What, wasn't it Wilson? It wasn't that the start of all the fun and games of uh, uh, modern progressivism? I was thinking Wilson was a little bit earlier. Maybe earlier, but I think he got the ball rolling. Uh, I think he did it as well, so we'll have to look that up. Look that up in a minute. Speaking of looking things up, yesterday we were talking <clears throat> about the historic ruling uh, pushing the Roe Ro v. Wade back to the states. So overturning it at the national level, and that will become a state's issue once more. And Colorado uh, was uh, uh, one of the first in the country to legalize abortion in 1967. And yes, that was signed by Republican Governor John Love. So uh, we've, we've seen that we have bipartisan, uh, bipartisan support of abortion when that was coming, coming down the pike. And I know Patty's been trying to find that actual legislation and try to find the votes on it because we've heard that you'd be surprised at some of the uh, Republican some of the Republicans that voted for that as well and uh, anyway it's just it's just interesting so we wanted to clarify that did you find out who was president before Wilson yes uh, after Wilson was uh, Harding and then Calvin Coolidge then Hoover Coolidge huh because Coolidge actually was the only president that reduced the national debt. That is so interesting. Okay, we're going to have to do some more, some more history work on that because I've always really liked Coolidge. So, um, yeah, we'll have to take a look at that. Okay, let's see. Let's uh, look through some headlines here. And, uh, boy, this court, it's been pretty amazing. The Supreme Court Rule 6-3 on June 27 that a school district in Washington state violated First Amendment religious freedom protections when it fired high school football coach Joseph Kennedy for leading personal prayers at the 50-yard line after games. The decision is regarded as a victory for religious freedom. I'm reading this by Matthew Vadim, and he is uh, Epic Times. says, the decision is, uh, in the case, the high court held that the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect an individual engaging in a personal religious observance from government reprisal. The court found that the U.S. Constitution neither requires nor allows governments to suppress such religious expression. Coach Joseph Kennedy, who no longer works for the taxpayer-funded Bremerton School District in Washington State, claimed his rights were violated when the district forbade him from praying in view of the public after games. The school district argued that when Kennedy prayed midfield after games, he was viewed by onlookers as a coach who was serving as a mentor 
and a role model. And in this theory of the case, Kennedy was acting as a government employee at that moment, which would mean that he was engaging in speech that constituted government speech that isn't protected by the First Amendment. But the majority of the Supreme Court justices disagreed with the school district in Kennedy versus Bremerton School District, an appeal from the frequently overturned U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth District. And it says Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion for the court. All six conservative justices, I'm not sure you can say Roberts is conservative, but including Gorsuch ruled in favor of Kennedy. All three liberal justice uh, um, collectivist justices ruled against him. It's pretty amazing, huh? It is. And uh, actually, it's I, I give it the Oscar Mayer Award again for baloney. What happens when a football game is over? People are leaving. People are leaving. And so he could, this guy quietly goes out and does this, and yet someone still has to make an issue. I could see it if, if he was maybe calling attention to himself prior to the game, before the game. But after? Well, I tell you what, there's all kinds of speech yeah, that's see, been going on regarding regarding um, uh, sports sports yeah. events and good, um, okay okay steve i got you on the mic there so um, one other thing i wanted to mention is uh, this um, myra flores who won uh, she's the uh, first mexican-born member of congress this week and she did it as a republican running in a texas district that has only ever elected democrats she's a 30-something mother of four and she was brought up with strong conservative values that focus on faith, family, and hard work. And it is uh, very exciting that she won that special election and she was sworn into Congress as well, Producer Steve. Oh, yeah. I, I had this, I had it all on a sticky note and it's been here for like a week and I finally threw it away. The details <laughs> uh, the, the seat that she's occupying was. Uh, uh, what do you say? The person occupying that seat, a Democrat, had resigned back in March. And this was a special election to fill the seat. And then again, she's probably going to have to run again come November. But the the outcome caught everyone by surprise. And man, there's no doubt that the uh, Democratic Party or Democrat Party, I catch myself <laughs> that time, uh, were, took notice. Uh, yes. And... Um that, that's one other headline that several people sent over to me, and that is that over a million Democrats have re-registered as Republicans, which is remarkable. And I, I was concerned that it was here in Colorado so that they could affect the, uh, uh, the uh, primary election, but it's nationally, Steve. Oh. Well, I sent you that. I sent it to you and Patty, and I put in the subject, is it happening? Just an open question. Is this... The, the, the signs that we're all looking for. Well, it is. But <clears throat> what that means, though, Steve, is we need to make sure that we are electing Republicans that understand our Constitution, that understand the issues that are out there. And that is why I've endorsed for these top three offices, uh, Greg Lopez for governor, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for Secretary of State. These races are so important. And so uh, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. I, we've got Ron Hanks on the line. We're, we're down to the, the wire here regarding this primary election. But the show comes to you because I have great partners uh, as well as... Uh, all of you who support us, we're an independent voice. One of those partners is Hooters Restaurants. We have five locations. They're Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And wanted to highlight that they have lunch specials Monday through Friday. 
And uh, they have uh, $9 items, which are Baja fish tacos and a lunch burger and other great things. $10 items, shrimp tacos and some boneless wings. Their $11 items, their fish and chips, I do love. Those are so good. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is a partner of mine. It's a real freedom story. Uh, so you can check that out. We've got that on the website. It's a story about freedom, capitalism, and free markets. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Colorado Representative Ron Hanks, who is running for a U.S. Senate here in Colorado. Stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me, Colorado Representative Ron Hanks. He is running for U.S. Senate. Uh, Ron Hanks, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thank you for a few moments of your day. Well, it's great to have you. We're down to the wire now on this primary. And oh, my gosh, this has been a wild primary, Ron Hanks. It has. Uh, you know, we cleared everybody off of the ballot at assembly, and uh, frankly, it, it would be nice to be uh, taking the fight to Michael Bennett right now, but we had a petition on candidate that uh, decided to avoid the assembly process, and so we had to take a little bit of time, what, six, eight weeks here to uh, to go after this. And, uh, Kim, we think we're going to move forward, and uh, we'll take the fight to Bennett at, um, starting tomorrow. Okay. Well, and um, I had the great honor to... Um um, moderate a couple of different forums with uh, the Senate candidates. And uh, I have to tell you, Ron, the, the, the quality of those candidates that um, did not move forward after assembly, as you say, you, knock, you knocked them, them out at the assembly. I mean, it, it was really a stellar group of uh, candidates that, that um, you came out on top of, really. Well, it was, and you know, on one of the last events, um, it, it was kind of like a nostalgia tour of an old rock band. We, uh, I grew fairly friendly with several of them, and uh, you know, um, I, I dare say that had the guy that petitioned on here, my opponent in this primary, had he gone through that assembly, he'd probably finish at the bottom of it because it turns out he's not a pro-life candidate at all, and uh, you know, I think that would have really captured people's attention during the assembly and caucus process and uh it didn't catch anybody's attention because he didn't go through that way and 
and it came as a surprise to a good number of people in so-called conservative media. And, uh, you know, the reality is, if, if he'd have gone through the vetting of the caucus and assembly, the old traditional method, uh, we'd have seen that much earlier, and I think he would have already been out of the race. Well, <clears throat> Ron, I really think that the life issue is our slavery issue of our generation. Um, and, of course, there's the historic uh, reversal of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, pushing that decision back to the states, where I, I really think that we can engage in this in a battle of ideas, uh, educating people what really is happening uh, regarding abortion. I can't believe Colorado is, has late-term abortion, actually abortion right up to the time the baby's in the birth canal. I think a lot of people don't realize that. And um, I was looking at Roe v. Wade, the dissenting opinions uh, back in 1973 uh, by Justices Rehnquist and Justice White. And Roe v. Wade, uh, that, was, that addressed just the first trimester. But the Campbell's note, uh, nose got under the tent. And instead of uh, just the first trimester, now here in Colorado, we have late-term abortions. So there's an education process that we need to let people know what is actually happening with these terrible policies, Ron. Well, I think so, too, Kim. And I, I agree with you. It is the slavery issue of our generation. And, you know, perhaps along with the human trafficking that we've seen coming across the border, the, the two moral tragedies, uh, that we need to address, but I'm, I am gratified that um, the Supreme Court has moved this forward, and the discussion now becomes much more serious at the state and local level, mm-hmm. and it ought to. I mean, we fought hard at the state legislature to push back on that abortion bill that passed this year. It's the longest floor fight in history, but um, really, I think it's only getting started, and with Roe v. Wade overturned, now people realize that the discussion does come back to the states, and it's a good place to have it, and for people to start realizing just what exactly we've enacted. And, uh, you know, we we need to decide what we're doing here with the abortion as a form of birth control is you know, is abysmal and uh, disgraceful when there's so many other options out there that uh, that 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 don't involve conception already occurring before you uh, undertake the, the a procedure. Well, and <clears throat> as I've looked at this issue, Ron, and we'll go over to some other issues, but I, I really think that as conservatives, we need to make sure that we um, address this with compassion and um and we we need to think about obviously the the baby but the mother and the father and everyone involved in this and so this is going to be a a real i think educational um battle of ideas that we need to address and it's exciting that this is going to happen so your final comment on that and then we'll move over to a couple of other uh, subjects yeah, I like you. I'm just uh, glad that we have the chance now to talk about it at the state level. And uh, I do think that, you know, we've got bad legislation right now, but that doesn't mean that the discussion is over or that it ought to be over. And I think when people realize that 
what they have to say matters. Um, we're going to have a different decision here, and um, and that's a conversation we ought to be excited to, to initiate. Well, and that's why we do need to be electing uh, people to uh, office, our representatives, that do believe in the sanctity of life. And uh, I know that uh, that is very important to you. Let's move over to border security. I'm sure that you saw the headline of uh, there was a tractor trailer truck where yeah, I, I, I don't have the number of it was 46 human beings died there and coming across the border and there's nothing compassionate as much as uh, you know the open border the democrats have have tried to use that as compassion people coming here for the american dream there's nothing compassionate about illegal immigration uh, human trafficking is a travesty on that but my gosh the fact that um, all these people died in this tractor tra- I, I just can't even believe it ron yeah, that was ugly. You know, you hate to wake up to any story like that. But, uh, you know, uh, it was nearly four dozen human beings. Um, but that makes it, you know, uh, massive. But what about all the ones and twos coming across on these little coyote things that you never hear about because they just get abandoned on the trail somewhere? Uh, and, yeah, we, if we had a secure border and then everyone knew it was secure it would stop these trains of people coming up to the border even trying because they know that uh, we have some resolve in this country to have a a bureaucratic and administrative entry process rather than just an invasion across open space well and i find it remarkable that uh, biden and bennett are sending all of this money and and uh, weapons to Ukraine for them to protect their border but not doing a thing about our border and with that people are coming across the border that want free stuff which will break our country it'll it'll break our our american dream our middle class uh, but also people coming across the border that want to hurt us yeah i mean two and a half million people unchecked every year is a pretty big invasion and you know as an intel guy for the military we were very concerned about who was coming across our border uh particularly after 9-11 and uh you know two and a half million people every year is way too many and if they have uh either a criminal network built or a terrorist network built it's a lot of damage and we did it to ourselves joe biden did it to us by allowing it to happen as a matter of policy. And, uh, you know, I think the American people are ultimately going to be very, very angry about that. They are now, and they'll they'll prove it in November. Well, and then the other thing, again, Biden and Bennett, and Bennett uh, votes with Biden, I think almost 100% of the time are pretty darn close. But people are pretty frustrated about the cost of living. Uh, and um, this is government-induced inflation. It's because of bad public policy. And um, what, what's your thoughts on that, Ron? Well, it's bad public policy, uh, mostly a bad energy policy. I mean, we had energy independence, and Joe Biden stopped that on day one. And, you know, I used to do some fracking, Kim, and I, I can tell you that um, Blue Collar America can bring it back to energy independence here in a matter of months if the federal government is out of the way and um 
as soon as we do that, inflation comes down almost immediately. The supply chain is the other big stressor on our inflation. Uh, when you don't have material on the shelves and supplies, the cost of everything goes up. And uh, to that end, I believe we need to bring manufacturing back to this country. I've been reading some reports uh, that Ohio is kind of a an interesting case study, as a matter of fact, on manufacturing coming back. But we need to amplify that and not be reliant on a supply chain from China and energy from overseas. We can do all of that right here. Well, and Ron, I've been watching this. I'm talking with Ron Hanks, a candidate for U.S. Senate here in Colorado, and your ballots are due today. It is government policy that has made labor so expensive here in um, America as well. And so we need to get government back in its box, in its limited box. And uh, we need to be electing Republicans that understand that smaller government, limited government, means that everyday people live bigger lives. And uh, so talk just a little bit about that. Well, you know, I was doing some reading the other day, and uh, indications are that uh, the manufacturing overseas advantage is starting to disappear because uh, wages overseas are going up. And, uh, you know, that makes it a more opportune time than ever to try to bring manufacturing back. And, and you know, our tax policies uh, chased companies overseas uh, to, you know, in encourage them to offshore production, and that's something we ought to be looking at. Uh, I think we have a a miserable tax policy that needs to be just completely uh, reviewed, starting from, uh, you know, first page to last. And uh, I guess if we're going to have an income tax, it, perhaps it ought to be a flat tax, uh, and then get rid of the IRS. I've often said on the campaign trail that... Uh, before we get rid of the IRS, we should have it audit the Fed and audit the federal government and uh, give those auditors a chance to uh, keep a small percentage of whatever fraud or waste <laughs> they find. And, and I have a suspicion they'd find a lot, you know. Uh, they'd be wealthy people leaving the government as we close the gates and the doors on their offices. <laughs> that is certainly very creative. Uh, we're, what, what's your final thought you want to leave with uh, our listeners today, Ron Hanks, as uh, we're primary day here in Colorado and uh, you're running for U.S. Senate? What's your final thought? Well, my first one would be thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for your endorsement earlier. Um, I would ask people not to leave their ballot on the table. Don't leave any votes on the table for this process. Uh, get your voice in and uh, make sure your parents vote. It's, uh, it's vital. We have problems in Colorado. I think most of it stems from voter rolls. And so it's better that you vote your ballot and you know what happened than uh, somebody else possibly gathering your identity and, and voting your ballot. So uh, I'd ask people to come take a quick last look at my website. We've got some good uh, good short videos up there, and that is hanksforcolorado.com. And uh, take a minute, and, and uh, thank you for being part of the fight. I guess I would say that to you and to everybody out there. Okay, well, Ron Hanks, thank you so much to you for stepping forward, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Okay. And uh, before we go to break, Kirsch Insurance Group is a sponsor of the show. They are specialists in the Medicare arena. 
and uh, governments involved in Medicare. It's a government program. That's why it's good to have professionals on your side of the table. It doesn't cost you anything to, to work with Kirsch Insurance Group. So check them out at iKirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com, iKirsch.com. And we'll be right back. We'll be talking with Dr. Joel Walskog as well as Angel Lopez. And um, they, I got connected with them through Roots Medical. And Roots Medical is another great sponsor of the show. They're locally. Uh, they're right here in the metro area. And uh, they are helping all kinds of folks with uh, con- that are concerned about vaccine injury, uh, just really getting to the root of your medical health. And uh, so be sure and check out rootsmedical.net. That's rootsmedical.net. We'll be right back with Dr. Joel Walscog. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. I'm Tina Peters, your choice for Secretary of State. You know what we're up against. Their smear tactics will continue. We want our state back. I'll do it with integrity to ensure accuracy and transparency, restoring trust in elections by encouraging business growth and giving power back to you, the people. We need a Secretary of State who serves this state as my Navy SEAL son served our country. Together, we got this. Vote Tina Peters for Colorado. Thank you. Paid for by the committee to elect Tina Peters, Sharona Bishop, registered agent. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And uh, excited about these uh, next two guests, Dr. Joel Walscog and Angel Lopez with React 19, and got connected with them uh, with uh, through Roots Medical and the team over there. That's RootsMedical.org. And uh, if you're concerned you uh, have been vaccine injured, reach out to them. They can, they can help you. Uh, let's go first of all to Dr. Joel Walscog. It's great to have you back on the show, Dr. Joel. Thanks for having me, Kim. And uh, your story is, uh, well, tell us your story. I, I, I've learned even more about it. Um, successful doctor, and then you got the jab. Tell our listeners what happened. Yeah, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I've been in practice here in Wisconsin for about 20 years. Uh, and uh, I got basically asymptomatic COVID in September of 2020. I was really on the hamster wheel, not thinking about it too much, and, and uh, followed uh, the CDC recommendations and 
uh, admit, didn't put enough thought into it and decided to wait the 90 days, which at that time was the CDC recommendation. Got my first Moderna shot December 30th of 2020. And really about a week later, I started having uh, we call paresthesias or numbness and tingling in my feet and soon thereafter had problems walking and ever since then my legs have been weak I have poor you know balance and, and I stumble and I have uh, kind of this leg fatigue and I've been dealing with that now for about a year and a half and I uh, you think that it's a reaction to the the uh, jab then well, I do. I mean, it, my, I was otherwise completely healthy and a very active person. I do a lot of water sports and hike and bike. And, you know, I was uh, fine uh, up until about seven to eight days after the shot. Um, you know, my official diagnosis is what's called transverse myelitis, which is I have a demyelinated uh, or abnormal, a demyelinated lesion of my spinal cord at about T8 or T9. I'll be honest with you, I'm, in retrospect, I'm not sure if my real diagnosis isn't a, uh, an actual spinal cord infarction or a stroke to my spinal cord from kind of micro-clotting from, from the shot. But at the same, at this point, it's really an academic discussion because whether or not it be the diagnosis of what we call transverse myelitis or, or a stroke to my spinal cord, it leaves me with the same condition, which is an injury to my spinal cord. So you are no longer able to um, practice, is that correct? Yeah, I can't. Um, you know, my hands certainly work fine, but I'm a joint replacement surgeon, and, and without a, uh, legs that are strong and, and, a, and a pelvis that's stable, I, I can't really uh, safely operate on people. So I haven't been working for now a year and a half. I, I did receive some treatment early last year, including what's called IVIG and steroids, but really I got no improvement from that. Um, and it's just not safe for me to return to work. So I, I haven't. Oh my gosh! Well, let's uh, let's talk to Angel Lopez. And you're one of the. Are you one of the founders, Joel? Before we move over to Angel of yeah, React Nineteen. What, what we call is one of the co-chairmen. Yeah, the the two co-chairmen are myself and then Brianne Dressen, who's from Utah. Okay, and this is React Nineteen. So Angel Lopez with React Nineteen, welcome to the show. Tell us a, a bit about React Nineteen. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having us on again. I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, as you know, Joel is saying he he and Bree and Dresden are the uh, the co-founders of React 19. It's a very young grassroots organization that is created um, from uh, vaccine-injured people for vaccine-injured people or created by vaccine-injured people for vaccine-injured people. And um, basically, you know, my my role in uh, the organization is to help bring providers together across the country and eventually hopefully across the world um, together to learn from one another to um, help and support um, the vaccine injured. So, um, you know, first we need to recognize that this is a thing because the, uh, the community of, of injured have been dismissed and they've been gaslit and they've been censored and they've been silenced. And it has led to, you know, on top of their their injury, their physical injury, we have a lot of um, mental health issues that go along with that. So, um, so um, you know, we help to support people financially, physically, and uh, emotionally. So it's a, it, you know, we're 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 getting there. Okay, and uh, that website is react19.org. React19.org. Uh, Joel, how did you get to know um, 
the folks over at Roots Medical. How did you all get connected? Because they are the ones that got has connected us. So how did you get to know them? Well, I mean, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Roots Medical because um, they're a great organization. They're right in Colorado. You know, they're focused on a natural and a preventative approach to health. I really like their philosophy. And for people that have COVID injuries, COVID treatment uh, or uh, shot injuries, I think, you know, people should reach out to them. To answer your question, Kim, it's just this has been a huge uh, networking um, experience and all of the people in this space that are willing to open their eyes and uncover their ears and, and, and hear and listen about these shot or vaccine or jab injuries. Um, we've all just kind of networked across the country. Uh, the, the issue is, is I call these people, I mean, uh, 95% of the people in this country are not woke to the to to these injuries, but uh, Roots Medical is one of them. And it's really just been a, a national networking and collaboration effort. Well, and Dr. Joel, I continue to see reports of people just dying or fainting. Uh, and I had uh, Josh Phillip on with the Epic Times, I think it was last week, and there's this new new thing called SADS, it's Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. Are you familiar at all with that? Yeah, I mean, again, look at, you know, insurance companies are certainly aware of this because, you know, the, the actuaries and when they calculate death rates, you know, the death rates of people under 40 are skyrocketing. Um, yeah, there's there's unfortunately many deaths and unfortunately many even pediatric deaths going on way beyond the background normal uh, that people just aren't aware of because the, the, the mainstream media just won't report it. Anything go, that goes against the pro, 100% pro-vax is just censored. Uh, believe me, I mean, I know that. I mean, you had that report that just came out this week in Epic News or Epic Times about the CDC sat on the the blood clot deaths for two weeks before reporting it to the public. For those of us in this space, I mean, that is not <laughs> really news. I mean, that's that's old news. Um, not reporting serious adverse events. I mean, the CDC and the FDA and NIH not reporting the uh, serious uh, adverse events of the shots as well as the deaths is, is the norm. It's almost like, a, it seems like a crime to me, Joel. It's a collusion. It is. I mean, this is this is a whole group of organizations that are colluding together, um, in my opinion, including the F uh, FDA, CDC, NIH, as well as the hospital systems across the country, uh, in, in to try to just silence uh, the adverse events in order to continue with their pro, 100% uh, pro-vax narrative. Uh, and obviously, they're working with big pharma. I'm very disappointed in the healthcare professionals. There are certainly some healthcare professionals like Roots Medical, and there's numerous other healthcare groups across the country that are willing to speak the truth and uh, evaluate and treat people with adverse events. But healthcare, uh, you know, healthcare people across the country have not been scientists. They have not looked at the data themselves. They have not been willing to stand out. They're just scared of losing their jobs, which, again, one of my current things that I'm trying to focus on is really challenging the healthcare profession to speak up and to be scientists and have not only look at the data themselves, but have compassion for the uh, people that are affected with adverse events from the COVID shots. Okay. So Angel, I just mentioned this um, SADS. Um, if somebody is 
uh, concerned that they've been vaccine injured. There are treatments, yes? Um, we're trying. Uh, we're looking. There are treatments. Um, the treatment for long COVID um, and vaccine injury, there's uh, a lot of overlap there, uh, which, again, of course, is what our network is trying to, you know, learn from one another. Um, we have, uh, like Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Paul Merrick, um, they have spoken on our, we have a virtual rounds call, um, and uh, they they're looking into there's there's not enough research that's being done right now of course because the money's not there but um we're trying the the group of us who are um who recognize vaccine injury um we're collaborating together as much as possible and coming up with uh, treatment protocols and um and sharing them with one another and, and sharing our successes there has been some success um with treatment, but again, it's slow. It's very individualized because the injury is is so so individual per person. It's not just a one size fits all kind of thing. So you know, you have to look at is it a, a is it a neurological thing? Is it a muscular thing? Is you know an autoimmune thing? Um, that you know, and then and then tailor the treatment toward there. So again, I want I want to also uh, give a shout out to Dr. Rachel Corbett and uh, Roots Medical because. Um, Rachel, Dr. Rachel reached out to me uh, in the provider network, and she um, has really connected us with some people across the country, and she, she's all about medical freedom and um, informed consent, and, you know, we, we have to change the way things are done in this country as far as delivery of health care um, yeah. for our independence. Yeah. Well, I had had a guest on, and I had not realized that at least 40% of the FDA's budget comes from Big Pharma. So this is like having the fox watching the hen house. Uh, and um, I just was uh, rather shocked to find that out, Angel. Yes, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? That it is. So, hey, we're going to go to break. Online, on the line with me is Dr. Joel Wascog and Angel Lopez. Uh, they are with react19.org. We're talking about vaccine injury. And um, just an exciting group of people coming together from all over the country and got connected with them through my sponsor, Roots Medical. Uh, And uh, they're just doing great work here in Colorado. In fact, Roots Medical, I had a friend that came down with COVID and they were able to help her with that. So um, be sure and check them out, rootsmedical.net. Before we go to break, though, the nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, they are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And my friends, we need to remember these stories and honor those that have given their lives, have been willing to give their lives uh, so that we can live in freedom. And the Marine Memorial was dedicated in 1977, so it's time for a remodel. And Paula Sarles, she is a Vietnam-era veteran and a Gold Star wife, and her team are raising money to do that. So you can buy a brick for the walkways that they'll have there to honor uh, your loved one and their military service. Uh, Or you can just donate and go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Dr. Uh, Joel Walscog and Angel Lopez. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. 
At Roost Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in the Denver Tech Center, Roost Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is a text message away at 303-569-6794. For more information, visit RoostMedical.net. Roost Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And we're talking about vaccine injuries. Uh, and Dr. Joel Walscog is on the line with me. He's vaccine injured. He's an orthopedic surgeon from Wisconsin. And Angel Lopez, uh, they're both with react19.org. And um, Dr. Joel, uh, when Josh Phillip was on last week, he talked about some crazy blood clots that um, undertakers are finding in the veins of people. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, certainly. Uh, Blood clots uh, are one of the groups of adverse events. I mean, in my mind, we kind of categorize the adverse events into three groups, the allergic group which is the people that get the anaphylaxis uh, uh, or immediate reaction to uh, the shot. The other, the other people in that group is called the mast cell disorder. There's an autoimmune group um, where you have your own antibodies attack your own immune system. And then there's the inflammatory group. Uh, the inflammatory group is where you get excessive inflammation. That includes the people with uh, pericarditis or the myocarditis or heart inflammation. 
and but it also includes those with the blood clots where you get excessive inflammation and clotting and there's a fair amount of literature coming out that uh, micro and sometimes we call macro clotting or microscopic clotting or big macroscopic clotting occurs uh, as as one of the adverse events and sometimes that can be massive it's very interesting that some of the the people that are treating the adverse events now are actually treating early with uh, very, very strong blood thinners and seeing some um, fairly favorable results uh, in, in early trials. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, have you heard anything about these? I mean, when when uh, Josh t- said this, I couldn't get this out of my mind. He said that there's been some blood clots that have been as like a foot long. Have you heard anything like that? Yeah, massive. Uh, I've heard of even, you know, some micro clotting, but even some massive clotting. And in, in the clots that are evaluated microscopically are different than a standard blood clot where they, they're very hardened and they don't, they have uh, more kind of fibrin, which is the kind of structure to a clot. And they're harder to break up with blood thinners. So, yes, I have certainly heard a lot of that. In a subgroup of the people that have adverse events, they can often get massive clotting. Uh, but it sounds like there could be treatment for that, yes? Well, I think there is. And I think, you know, it's it's really recognition of the injury. And that's why, you know, we're not here in React 19 just to tell our sad stories, okay? We are trying to take our negative our negative reactions and turn it into positive action. So we're trying to be part of... You know, trying to do research, trying to find answers, collaborating and networking with people and trying to find treatment protocols. So acknowledgement is important, but not just for the fact of acknowledging the adverse events. Acknowledging is important because that leads to definition of the injuries. And by defining the injuries and understanding the injuries, we can create treatment protocols, which again, are just in development right now, and really, we're kind of on our own. It should be the government and big healthcare agency helping us, but they certainly are not. But uh, I, I find great hope in that, because the creativity and innovation of Americans is, is will solve these problems. So I'm excited about that. Angel Lopez, I cannot believe that the FDA has approved that uh, babies six months and kids six months and older can get this this vaccine tell me what your thoughts are on that oh i have terrible thoughts about that and obviously it didn't go through any um uh, reliable source of approval um it was just kind of um here we go and let's approve this and now um you know, conspiracy theory, be damned, whatever anyone wants to think. But, you know, you just really have to wonder why you would want to vaccinate that population of, um, of Americans and the world to um, for someone who the, the reaction to COVID is so, so mild and the risk of the shot are so great. So I, I think it's I think it's terrible personally. And I just hope that parents um, wake up and um, do their own research and there's some form of informed consent for these parents and they don't just blindly go in and get these children their shots. Um, so my, my thoughts are pretty, um, I'm pretty disturbed about it. Well, and Angel, uh, it's been a process for me to realize that, that from a public policy standpoint, Big Pharma CDC, they, they've been playing long ball uh, and all these different public health departments 
throughout the the uh, states, local, both the local and uh, state health departments. But um, here in Colorado, we had legislation. This was back, I think, in 2019. And some medical freedom moms had alerted me to this legislation. And I actually read the bill, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, this looks like this would give an unelected bureaucrat in the future um, the power to say what we would have to put into our bodies. This was pre-COVID. So this didn't just happen. This has been a long ball kind of thing, Angel Lopez. I agree with you 100%. This has been in the works for quite some time. It's it's way too organized. It's way too coordinated for it to just kind of pop up in the last year or so. So this, this, is, uh, this has been planned. I do agree with you 100%. Okay, and um, Dr. Joel Walscog, I'm looking at REACT 19, and I think it's important that people understand that uh, people are getting involved in REACT 19 that maybe never were ever involved in politics before, people from all sides of the aisle, correct? Yeah, I just want to make sure that people understand that our organization is a grassroots, uh, nonprofit, completely nonpolitical organization. Uh, you know, again, vaccine injuries don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian. Uh, and you know, for example, I'm I'm I fairly lean right historically. Brian Dressen is a lifelong Democrat. And again, our organization is it's again adverse events don't care of your political affiliation. And we try to stay away from getting involved in politics. Unfortunately, because issues right now are so polarized. Um, I think politics comes into play, but it really is a sad state of affairs because it shouldn't. We're just trying to help people, people that are injured, people that are Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, et cetera. Okay, thank you. Angel uh, Lopez, uh, 30 seconds. What's your final thought that you want to leave with our listeners? Um, I just want to thank you, Kim, uh, and also uh, Ruth Medical for having us on and uh, letting us get our word out. Um, we do need funds. You know, part of what we do is uh, provide financial uh, support to people for their medical expenses, uh, the patients. Um, so you can go on react19.org. That's react, uh, number one, number nine, .org uh, to donate. And there's also, you can text react to the number 50155 and, um, and donate to our cause that goes directly to patients. Okay. So thank you so much, Kim, for having us. Absolutely. Angel Lopez, thank you so much. And Dr. Joel Walscog, uh, 30 seconds, your final thought. Yeah, I would just encourage, uh, first of all, uh, parents, are, I, I really want to protect the children. Parents out there should demand informed consent. I personally think, and I'll take it a little step far, uh, farther than Angel did, I think, uh, you know, with uh, vaccinating these young children, I call it societal child abuse. There's just, there's no reason these young, young children should be vaccinated. Uh, and I think parents should demand informed consent. Uh, the other thing is I encourage people, like Angel said, please consider donating to our organization. 100% of the money that we raise will go directly to our care fund, which helps the most desperate financially. Okay, and that's Dr. Joel Walscog uh, with REACT19. That's react19.org. And thank you to rootsmedical.net for their sponsorship of the show. Our quote for the end of the show is from Herbert Hoover. He said, it, freedom, is a thing of the spirit. 
Men must be free to worship, to think, to hold opinions, to speak without fear. They must be free to challenge wrong and oppression with the surety of justice. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. This is our number two. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You are each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and my, your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy primary voting day Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Terrific Tuesday primary voting day and hour two. I'm still stuck in hour one. Oh yes, it, uh, and and just explain to everybody we are on live six to eight a.m. Monday through Friday. The first hour is rebroadcast on all KLZ platforms. That's KLZ five sixty a.m. KLZ uh, one hundred point seven FM. Am I doing that from memory? I think so. Yeah. It's on the wall there. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 100.7 FM, uh, the KLZ website or the KLZ app. So the first hour is rebroadcast 1 to 2 every uh, Monday through Friday, and the second hour is 10 to 11 at night. And then we do have the uh, podcast and summary of the show on my website, Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com as well. Uh, so let's see here. What do we uh, – oh, let's go to our quote for the day from Herbert Hoover. I love this. And Herbert Hoover was born in 1874. He died in 1964. He's a mining engineer, humanitarian, U.S. Secretary of Commerce, 31st President of the United States. And he was the son of Jesse Hoover, a blacksmith, and Hulda Minthorn Hoover, a seamstress. And uh, he was uh, grew up as uh, a Quaker. Uh, so interesting quote, though. He said this. He said, freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. I, I love that. It's great, but you're going to leave it to me to pick something apart. Okay. Uh, human dignity. I'm just thinking of everything we've seen just in the last three or four days. doesn't seem to be a whole lot of dignity, but I wonder if it's because of the very first word, freedom. Uh, too many people take in it for granted? Okay, do you have a specific example regarding lack of dignity well, that you're thinking of, or just uh, generally the, I'm you gonna, know? I'm going to go way out on a limb here, and someone's going to saw it off. Uh, you know, the TV cameras go out into that open space in front of the Supreme Court, oh. and there's somebody, not just, you know, no dignity in terms of giving their opinion. They're screaming uh, vulgarity, usually four-letter words, uh, their face looks like it's basically a, a, a tackle box, uh, you know, for all the metal 
and and the multicolored hair. And again, I'm I'm going out on a limb here. I understand that, but there's no dignity. Well, and when you when the, your idea is not foundational, when you don't really understand what you're you're advocating for and it's a bad idea, then normally that's what you have to get to is to anger and to name-calling. And what that means is is that uh, there's no foundation for their their uh, idea. And, that, that, and what is so interesting to me <clears throat> is what they are demanding is uh, they're demanding the killing of children. I mean, I find that rather, rather remarkable. And they're so angry about it if they feel that somebody says, no, you sh- we shouldn't be killing children. And, and I want to engage in this in this battle of ideas on a state-by-state level. And, and, of course, Colorado, we are at the tip of the spear on this whole uh, question of abortion. Well, then it opens the door for the most illogic, illogical of logic. Now this is a group of young ladies who are saying they're going on a sex strike. Now, where where is the logic in that? Be, you know, because of this decision, you know, from the Supreme Court, I don't, I'm not connecting the dots there at all. So what you're saying is there are those on the far left that are advocating for chast- chastity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, we do live in a crazy world, don't we? <laughs> I tell you what, who would have ever thunk it? Oh boy! Okay. I think I, I even saw a you know, video clip of this one lady. She she made that proclamation. Yeah, you know, we're going to go on a sex strike. And the second the words left her mouth, you could see the look in her face. Is like, <laughs> um, gee, I wish maybe I wouldn't have said that. Boy, um, yeah. I'm just going to let that stay there and percolate. I'm not going to make any more comments on that, Producer Steve, okay? We'll revisit that one maybe later (laughs) in the week because maybe we'll see some um, report on how it's going. Right. Well, if they go on a sex strike, that means that they won't won't get pregnant. That means that they don't have to advocate for abortion. Okay. Hmm. Someone's probably going (laughs) to... Okay. Yeah. I, I just can see where this might end. Yeah, up. yeah. I think we'll we'll change the subject. How's that? Um, let's see here. Oh, this, speaking of the Supreme Court, this is pretty amazing. Uh, they did come down and uh, rule on the side of freedom of religion as well regarding this high school football coach. Says that uh, guess what? He can pray at midfield uh, after the game. And the thing about it—that's the thing about freedom—is is he should be able to do that, and people can decide if they want to join him or not. We don't have to have government involved in this. And th- so that's where we get to the problem with these government-run schools. That uh, th- uh, the suit was brought from the school district there in Bremerton, Washington, against him. Really, you're going to use school district money? to go to the Supreme Court to say that you were, and they fired the guy, uh, to say that you cannot uh, pray after a football game. It's it's crazyville out there, but fortunately, the, the um, it should have been a, a unanimous decision. But the collectivist judges, Mark and Black Forest says we can't use the word liberal, the collectivist judges, the three of them um, ruled uh, their opinion was against him. Was it Sotomayor who wrote the dissent, uh, you know, opinion, and her last comment was something about the uh, the whole situation undermined the idea of separation of church and state. So, you know, they drug that one out to uh, you know beat us over the head with again. Yeah, and was that Stephanie that uh, yesterday? I think that called in regarding separation of church and state. That is not in the Constitution. Uh, that was uh, a letter that Jefferson wrote to a Baptist church. 
um, I think years years after the Constitution. Yes, the Danbury Danbury Baptist Church in either Connecticut or Massachusetts, but you know, in that letter he used those words. And he was assuring. What he was assuring is that government would not uh, have a you know a government run run church, a government run religion. But we do have. Uh, religions now that are using government, such as environmentalism, green energy, those are belief systems uh, that uh, are pushing forward their religions. They're using government, government money, gov- government policy to push forward those particular religions. So, um, big show, uh, important show the first hour, talking with Dr. Joel Walscog and Angel Lopez regarding React. 19. Um, here he is, successful orthopedic surgeon and vaccine injured. He cannot uh, actually perform surgery right now. I hope that I hope that he heals and he's able to get back into his business, Steve. But apparently he needs to get more strength in his legs to do so. Anybody who has an adverse reaction, you know, that's that's a bad thing. But coming from, you know, his his testimony and what he has uh, gone through, it's just. It just rips your heart out. It does. And there are many stories out there about that. And uh, Roots Medical, which has connected us, and they're a sponsor of the show, said, first of all, we believe you. Uh, And uh, so they're doing such great work over there. So be sure and check that out. Uh, Just a couple of headlines. uh, And I mentioned this in the first hour from the Epic Times. The CDC confirmed post-vaccination death from blood clotting two weeks before alerting the public. I mean, I don't trust anything that they say anymore uh, from the CDC. And uh, let's see one other thing. This is fact check. CNN is defending Lauren Boebert. Uh, apparently, there was a, a Democrat super PAC that had made multiple false false claims about Republican Representative Lauren Boebert. And CNN is actually coming to her defense, which is pretty remarkable as well. And uh, then... Let's see. The other thing I wanted to mention was the Supreme Court decision regarding uh, freedom of religion. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, Sue Kenfield uh, is uh, on the line, and we're talking about a new project she's working with, the American Battle Monument Foundation. Really cool work, and they're doing an essay contest for kids. And we wanted to make sure that you all know about that. So parents, grandparents, uh, talk with your kids about uh, taking on this project. So we will be right back with Sue Kenfield. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. 
Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. On the line with me is Sue Kinfield, and she is the Director of Youth Engagement for the American Battle Monuments uh, Foundation. Sue Kinfield, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. This is pretty cool what you're doing. Explain this to our listeners. Well, really excited to be able to help the American Battle Monuments Foundation with their youth outreach. Um, As you know, it's uh, important to help, you know, kids understand what freedom is all about. I mean, why does it matter that we should educate kids about freedom? You and Steve were talking about that a couple minutes ago and some of the freedoms that we take for granted. So, you know, we believe, as many do, that, excuse me, future, our future depends on the next generation understanding what it is to protect freedoms. So, you know, can I talk publicly about what I believe? Can I go to church where I want? We're fortunate here in the United States that we don't have a state religion. You know, we can go worship wherever we want. And, you know, the whole idea of free speech coming out with all the uh, issues that we've seen with big tech, um, what does it mean that I can work where I want in a job that I prefer as opposed to being put in a track, you know, from previous uh, other countries uh, in history who have, you know, looked at kids when they're younger and decided what they're going to become when they get older. What does it mean that I can earn money, get a car, and a place to live? It's so interesting that you would say that, Sue, because, um, as you know, I was on city council 2012 to 2016, uh, and we ended up at a, a whole bunch of, like, different meetings, um, you know, like there be electeds and bureaucrats from Douglas County, and I remember them talking about education, that uh, we need to be need to be educating our children f- for the workforce of the future. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't think that's what education is supposed to be. I think that we are supposed to uh, teach the basics, the reading, writing, arithmetic, science, history, uh, um, critical thinking, so that kids can then they can choose how they're going to live their life, as you just mentioned, instead of educating kids for the workforce of the future. Exactly. And, you know, that's freedoms that we are fortunate to have, you know, to get to choose the, the direction that you want to go, the path that you want to have in your life in terms of your career. And so the American Battle Monuments Foundation is a nonprofit. We pick up where the American Battle Monument Commission leaves off. The commission is responsible for maintaining uh, the American cemeteries and monuments. Um, I don't know if people are aware, but we have over 218,000 American men and women who were buried or memorialized away from their homeland in 26 military cemeteries and 32 monuments overseas. Um, And these folks served in World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. So as the foundation We want to pick up where the commission leaves off and ensure that time doesn't diminish the glory of their their deeds um, and their sacrifices and make sure that 
these brave souls, you know, the memory of them, which lay testament to the freedoms that we enjoy today, that the relevance of their sacrifice is remembered and that young people can understand that that sacrifice that was made many years ago is no less critical to our future than when they left America to defend the free world. I mean, you, you've talked to these veterans, Kim. You know, why would people, these young people, who are, weren't much older than some of the students that are going to participate in our essay contest, put on a uniform to go to another country to fight for their freedom? Well, that is the question. And our kids are not learning this. Sue, I had uh, presented regarding entrepreneurship at a middle school in Douglas County. This was a few years ago and uh, ended up talking about the My America's Veterans Story show and explained that I'd gone to Normandy in 2016 with a, a, a group that accompanied four D-Day veterans uh, to Normandy for the celebration of D-Day of the anniversary of D-Day. And I asked the kids, uh, you know, how many of you are familiar with D-Day? Not one kid raised their hand, Sue. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we've seen that, right? There's been a lot of news coverage, you know, in terms of what's going on with schools and, you know, some of the uh, the benefit of COVID and parents getting a better idea of what their their children are being taught. And where's that gap um, and especially in terms of history, and we've seen all the things that have happened to redefine history. And you know, we just had Memorial Day, you know, a month ago, um, D-Day celebration three weeks ago. M- you know, memorizing or memorializing those sacrifices. And as you know, Sir Winston Churchill famously said, "Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it." And so, we want to try to do our part in our youth outreach to engage kids, you know, in this history to help them recognize that their freedom is built on the backs of thousands of men and women who fought and died to ensure a stable future for them and for us. So how is this essay going, uh, essay contest going to work then, Sue? Well, we've been doing quite a bit of outreach over the last few months to get out awareness, and we appreciate the opportunity to be on your show for that. So this essay is designed for students ages 11 through 18, and we've broken that into three different age cohorts, so 11 to 12, 13 to 15, and 16 to 18, and they'll compete within their age group to write an essay about one of three specific battles that have been selected that closely identify with an American military cemetery or monument overseas. And so they're uh, asked to submit an essay, and I can talk maybe, um, I don't want to get up against a break here, but we can go into a little bit more detail, but it's open to you know, private, public, parochial, charter, military, homeschoolers. You know, we're really trying to get the word out to any youth who's, who's able to participate, who qualifies in that age group, 11 to 18, so that they know about this opportunity. And one of the um, unique aspects of it is we've got some pretty generous prize money. Yes, you do. (laughs) The first prize money is $5,000, and that's for each one of those three age cohorts. So there's not going to be just one first prize awarded. There's going to be three. Uh, So first prize money, $5,000. Second prize money, $2,500. And third prize money is $1,500. Uh, yes, that is uh, that should get kids' attention for sure. Is there a word limit on it at all? Well, we do have some guidelines uh, on our website. Uh, there, we've we've 
have specific word counts, if you will, for the different age groups. Um, so those details uh, are available on our website, um, but I can just kind of run through that quickly with you. So for our younger ages, 11 through 12, word count 800 to 1,000 words. We're looking for the students in the 13 to 15 age cohort, 1,200 to 1,500 words. And students 16 to 18, uh, we're asking for a little bit more, uh, 15 to 1,800 words. And what's cool about this contest, Kim, is we're not just looking for a book report type of essay. We're really asking kids to reflect on two specific questions in addition to you know, writing about the, the battle that they've chosen, and that is to reflect on, you know, what's the relevance of the battle? You know, what's the lessons of that specific battle that are instructive for us today? And what's the relevance of those who fought and died to that student's life in their future? And so we want them to reflect on not just what happened from a history content, but why does it matter and with this conflict going on in Ukraine right now, you know, there, there might be some other uh, things that kids can reflect on in terms of seeing the impact, uh, not only to us here and the amount of, you know, uh, support or that we're giving to Ukraine, but what's happening to the Ukrainians. Um, so we're hoping that uh, that'll really get some unique essays coming through as opposed to a book report. And when are the essays due? So the deadline is October 1st, and we're, you know, we want to encourage kids to get started now because that's early in their new school year, so we want to really get the word out before kids go back to school um, because, you know, everything that they deal with when they start a new school year. So we'd like kids to, you know, we accept early submissions. They can submit their essays before October 1st, uh, but that's our deadline. Okay. And what is that website before we go to break? The website is ABMF, so Alpha Brava Mike Foxtrot.org, and you'll see a page for the essay contest and uh, lots of details there. Okay, great. I'm talking with Sue Kinfield, and uh, we're talking about this essay project or essay contest with the American Battle Monument Foundation. When we come back, I want to talk about these different battles. You've uh, selected three that the um, participants can uh, comment on. And uh, I want to find out why and just uh, what's the relevance of those particular battles. I'm talking with Sue Kinfield, and we will be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is the Director of Youth Engagement for the American Battle Monuments Foundation, Sue Kinfield. And very exciting, this um, essay contest. Is this the first time you've uh, that this has occurred, Sue? Yes, this is our inaugural essay. And we're really excited about the uh, feedback and the response that we're getting to it. Okay. And uh, it's for kids ages 11 to 18. There's three different age groups. Uh, the prize money is pretty significant. $5,000 first prize, $2,500 second prize, $1,500 third prize. And, of course, everybody's going to learn something who participates in this. Tell us about the battles that were selected. Sure. So the we have the one... Um, not necessarily a battle, but a group of aviators, volunteer aviators in the Lafayette Escadrille from World War I in 1916, um, before the United States joined the European Allies, a group of volunteer aviators flew with the French Air Service known as the Lafayette Escadrille. And these um, aviators, you know, some unique aspects about them is that their squadron mascots were lion cubs named Whiskey and Soda. Tells you a little bit about the group that was uh, <laughs> flying. <laughs> so, and because they couldn't have a United States uh, flag on their plane, their insignia was the profile of a Lakota chief, the Lakota chief sitting bull, um, to show their independence and that independent spirit that they had in terms of going over to support uh, the Lafayette Escadrille. And so that's a unique uh, group of folks that um, our students can write about from World War I. Uh, World War II, we wanted to represent both the Pacific and the European theaters. So the battle selected there was uh, first Operation Dragoon. And this was a four-week operation in August of 1944 um, that was initiated very, via a parachute drop uh, by both the U.S. and British troops. And we had over 9,000 Allied forces parachuting uh, in that operation. And with the assistance from the French Army and the French Resistance, their mission was to liberate the south of France uh, and the port cities of Marseille and Toulon, and was very successful. And they succeeded in driving the German army uh, into the mountains on the German border uh, to be successful in that battle. And then the the third battle is the Battle of Guadalcanal. Um, Now, this was a six-month battle um, in 1942 and 43, uh, between the Allied and, and Imperial J- Japanese forces on the Solomon Islands in the South Pacific. And it was one of the most strategically significant campaigns of the Pacific Theater and a turning point in the war. Early on when I started um, this project with veterans, uh, I did interview one veteran that had been at Guadalcanal, but those early battles, there were there were very few guys that I you know um, talked to because uh, they were they were older. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty significant battle as well, and a lot of kids have never heard of it. I, I actually wasn't familiar with it. It's embarrassing uh, that I haven't known a lot about a lot of our history, but the the project that I've been working on has really helped me out with that, Sue. 
Well, and I would imagine you've heard some tremendous stories. And I'll go back to, you know, Lafayette Escadrille. Well, one of the um, one of the outcomes of that is that those aviators, innovations in flying techniques, forever changed air warfare strategy. So, you know, there's significance in this in these battles. Um, you know, an Operation Dragoon being able to, you know, liberate the south of France and liberate those port cities as well. And then in the Battle of Guadalcanal, you know, the Japanese effort was stopped to, you know, they wanted to control the South Pacific. Um, and they, the battle, you know, we crippled the Japanese so-called Tokyo Express, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which were the shipping lanes. You know, they were trying to cut off. Um, shipping to Australia. And so, you know, the impact of these battles is pretty significant. And there's so much uh, great information about these battles that kids can find. Um, but helping them understand, you know, these, these sacrifices, uh, the lives that were lost and sacrificed in these events um, allow them to have the freedoms now to go out with their friends, you know, to get a job, to go to McDonald's, to have the freedom, um, you know, to, to protest, <laughs> you know, to, to worship. And so helping them make it relevant. And one of the other unique factors about the essay contest is that we're requiring adult involvement um, through the role of an adult editor. And this person is really there to, you know, help Make sure the spelling and the grammar and, you know, the composition, not write it, obviously, but it's also a great opportunity for that adult, you know, whether it's a parent or a guardian or a trusted advisor in the student's life, to talk about this history. I've had some really great conversations with some people um, as I've done the outreach to get the word out who remember, oh, yeah, I had an uncle who served in World War II, and gosh, this will be a great opportunity for me and my son or my daughter um, you know, to talk a little bit about that family member and their service or their sacrifice, depending on how that went. So we're, we're really excited to see people embrace that opportunity for adults to be involved in this as well, because I think the adults can also learn something in addition to the students. Oh, most, most definitely. And Operation Dragoon um, was, it was uh, basically um, like a Normandy as well in the south of France. It doesn't get uh, quite the amount of, um, oh, of, you know, people talking about it. And I don't know that much about it. So I've got to do some research on that. I don't think that I've, I think maybe I interviewed one or two guys that were uh, part of that. But uh, I think that, and that was in August of 1944, wasn't it? So that was after, after D-Day, which was June uh, 6, 1944. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was, you know, so many things going on in the strategy you know, that had to be employed and looking at the resources and, you know, giving, given what was going on in other areas, um, you know, crafting that strategy based on the resources that were going to be available and the timing of such strategy. And so there's some really great information out there about what was happening at the time um, and interesting timelines um, that, you know, people can access. We've got some quizzes on our um, website as well at abmf.org, alpha, bravo, mike, foxtrot.org, um, that people can kind of go do some, some quiz questions to help learn about that as well. And, and I think reminding people about the importance of alliances and treaties, you know, all these different countries at the time, you know, were uh, under 
you know, uh, the threat of assault. And having these treaties means that, you know, if you're attacked, someone's going to come and help you. And, you know, we've got NATO uh, as well, and we're seeing you know, some of that play out now in current events with the uh, Russian and uh, Ukrainian uh, conflict that's going on right now. And so, you know, for, for our students and our youth, you know, even for our adults, you know, kids know who their friends are, but would those friends stand up for them? You know, are they really allies uh, or are they just friends? And so giving kids the opportunity to kind of reflect on the importance of the, ally, the alliances and the treaties that were in place at the time as well. Well, and I'm looking at the website, and uh, uh, the quizzes look pretty interesting as well. They are. There's some great information there uh, for people to kind of go through. And things that we might have learned back in the day when they were teaching, you know, American history differently in schools when you and I went through, and things that I might have learned that I forgot or things that I never knew, you know, as time goes on. Um, we tend to forget, and I think we're in a, uh, coming up on Fourth of July, um, recognizing the importance of our independence, um, what it means, you know, to have these people who have fought and died for the freedoms that we enjoy now, and you know the importance of those freedoms and our opportunities to control our own borders. And as we're seeing in Ukraine, you know, when you don't control your border, and we're seeing that here, too, you know, you lose some of your freedoms. So there's a lot of really important information out there that's relevant to how we live today. Well, and we really are living on, and I hope it's not fumes of freedom, uh, I, but this whole American idea that started with Independence Day uh, and has gone through all these different generations. As Ronald Reagan said, that uh, freedom's not passed down through the bloodstream. We have to make sure that we we understand it, we fight for it each and every generation. And Sue Kinfield, I, I really think that we are in an um, ideological Normandy or an ideological Operation Dragoon here in, in America today because... Um, the old girl has really been under assault, and I think people are realizing that. And these freedoms that you're talking about for these kids, for us, we've taken them for granted. Indeed. And you guys were speaking about that earlier. It's, it's part of the human condition. You know, we start to take things for granted. You know, when we think about what freedom means, you know, to people in other parts of the country, it's we have a remarkable uh, experience here and this whole idea of uh, the freedoms that we have here in the United States, um, what that means for how we can live our lives. As we talked earlier, you know, I'm, I'm free to go worship where I want to worship. I'm free to do the work that I want to do. And I'm free to be a part of this project um, that's, you know, helping to keep the memory alive of the sacrifices that have been made. And while our essay contest this year focuses on World War I and World War II, it by no means diminishes the, the service and the sacrifices of our military men and women, uh, even today, you know, throughout, throughout our experience, um, both in the past and today, and what that means for, for our future and our ability to hang on to those freedoms. It's been a very impactful couple of weeks as we've seen decisions coming out from the Supreme Court you know, reaffirming some of the freedoms 
that our Constitution gives us, and you mentioned the one yesterday uh, in terms of freedom of religion and, and that freedom to pray. There's a lot of people living in this world who can't even comprehend what that looks like. And so being able to recall and remember and latch on to the importance of those freedoms um, is one of the reasons why we do the youth outreach that we do, because it's important for future generations to understand what it means to protect freedom. It's, it can be a messy ordeal, and it's, we're all getting a chance to kind of reflect on what some of those freedoms mean in light of what's happening in our world today and what we're going to do to defend those freedoms and try to preserve them. Well, and I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about the reaction to COVID uh, here in Colorado. Uh, we had um, Governor Polis and the, uh, his bureaucrats, they came out and they said that there's some businesses that are essential, that there are some that aren't. Uh, threatened uh, closure of churches if they didn't adhere to whatever it was that they were saying. And I never... I never, I never thought ever in America that this freedom to worship, well, freedom of religion, freedom to be able to go to church would ever be taken away from us. And it actually, they tried to during COVID, which I found so interesting. And that was where I realized that we are, we are really need to stand for freedom and kids need to understand what that's all about, Sue. And they've all lived it too. You know, it's, Thinking back, it's hard to comprehend what we all went through and the trust that we put into our leaders, both at the state and the federal level, you know, with that two weeks to flatten the curve, and then seeing over the course of a year plus two years, just the, the creep uh, of, on our freedoms and kids having to stay at home and having to mask up and how it morphed into something more. And so we've all had an experience now of what it looks like to lose some of those freedoms uh, and why it's important for us to understand our role and what it means to protect those freedoms so that we continue to live uh, as free human beings, both as our Creator wanted us to live and as our Constitution here in the United States provides for. Well, I think it's a really exciting project and, again, would encourage uh, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, friends to let kids know about this. And what a great, what a great project for the summer. Uh, turn off the, the TV and actually do research on some of these battles and people, kids will really le- learn a lot. And I know that the adults helping them will as well, Sue. Well, we, we hope so as too, as well. We're excited uh, with the response that we're getting. We're looking forward to reading these essays uh, and awarding the prize money. And so go to abmf.org, alpha, bravo, mike, foxtrot.org. Uh, look for the essay contest page. You can get all the details there. You can download the application um, as a participant. Let us know that you're interested in, in participating at uh, essaycontest.org. Um, is our, our email. And so we definitely appreciate the opportunity to be on and get the word out, Kim. Well, great work, Sue Kinfield. And again, that is ambf.org, correct? A- ABMF, Alpha Brava, Mike Foxtrot. And my apologies, that uh, email is essaycontest at ABMF, Alpha Brava, Mike Foxtrot.org. 
or the website uh, abmf.org. Look for the essay contest tab. It's all right there. So, Kim Field, thank you so much for for uh, joining us and for the great work you're doing. Thanks so much, Kim. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, right back at you. And uh, so it's a very appropriate to talk about uh, the nonprofit, the charity that I have uh, adopted. That's the, uh, a, uh, let's see, USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, they are raising money to remodel the Marine Mem- Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And they're going to have these different walkways. You can buy a brick for the walkways to honor uh, your loved one uh, for their military service. and um, Or you can just donate to help them out as well. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org, USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And we'll be right back. It is primary voting day, and uh, I want to hear from you. Call-ins uh, are our, our, our last segment, and that number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600. I think the lines are full right now, but we want to hear from you. Hey, Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar? Well, uh, I just was hearing this recording yesterday. It's like wolves uh, dressed in cheap clothing. It's a lady named Crystal, starts with a K, Matthews. And she was on this, this open line, and she was talking about um, how Democrats should run as Republicans, and then once they get in, flip it. And uh, I know that was, that was sort of happening with, with uh, Tina Peters when, she, when it came up to her mind where these guys that were polis guys or whatever and were running in her community and then they got voted in and she says wait a minute this is a conservative uh block how did these guys get in and so it just it just raises the flag that they're trying every trick they can to fool we who are true republicans well when they can't stand on their ideas then that's where you see all this manipulation and moving around on things. And that's why we need to stand on the foundation of this American idea, Johnny. Uh, that's, that we're coming up on Independence Day, that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That is the foundation, and that's, that's who we need to be electing. And I know you're running for office, uh, Johnny, yeah. because you've been so concerned. Tell, tell people how they can get more information about you. It's uh, Johnny K-O-H- N-N-I-E-J for Colorado House District 5.com. I was out yesterday passing out uh, pamphlets and stuff like that and, and already heard from people that said, yeah, I voted for you. I saw you on there. So uh, keep up the good work, everybody. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, yes, so you will be moving on to the general in November. And Johnny J, oh, thank yeah. you so much for, for stepping forward. All right. God bless you. God bless you, too. Mark and Black Forest. Mark and Black Forest. I caught myself. I said liberal. Then I said collectivist. I don't know if you heard that earlier today. I did. I did. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So what's on your radar? Um, so a, a new word. Um, I've, I've <clears throat> focused. I think it was used today. It's the word workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it a lot lately. Um the PBIs are using it quite a bit, um, and I think it's all part of uh, socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, it seems like the socialists are now using the workforce as if they own it. You know, if they own the workforce. Um, I heard it. I heard a talk by Elizabeth Garner, who's the state demographer. Did you know we had a state demographer? I did not. <laughs> um. It's very interesting. They think it's their job to, you know, to to provide, um, you know, businesses with with the right, you know, type and quantity of of workers. Um, they talk about workforce housing. Have you noticed that yes. workforce housing? Um, so it's really interesting to think that uh, these PBIs think they own the workforce. And workforce housing is government housing. It's subsidized housing. It is totally antithetical to the American idea of property rights, of owning property. And uh, yes, this I, I'm with you. This this word workforce is a very dangerous dangerous word 
because um, it heads, I mean, I could see in education, they could start to say, oh, Johnny, you're not so good at this, so we're going to put you on this track for workforce so that you'll just be a worker bee. And actually, Johnny may just may be a late bloomer. He might be the most famous surgeon in the world, but he may not realize that until later. And so that's why we need to keep government out of this whole workforce thing. Mark, your final thought? Absolutely. No, um, that's it. That's the word of the day. Okay. I, I appreciate you and your comments on this narrative. These words are so important. Words are so important. Uh, let's uh, go over to John in Castle Rock. John in Castle Rock, what's on your radar? Hey, Kim, this is John Galt. How are you, ma'am? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. Hey, you know, I've had many opportunities in the past to talk to parents and students and principals and teachers about the Pledge of Allegiance and what the meaning of the Pledge of Allegiance is. And uh, I've talked to probably close to 200 people, mostly kids, and I think only three people of those 200 actually knew what the meaning of the Pledge of Allegiance is. And in school, K-12, through we're... We say the Pledge of Allegiance over 2,000 times, and yet the kids are not taught the meaning of it. They're taught to memorize it in most cases, and some schools don't teach it at all. But they don't know what it means. And there's so my, my daughter in high school, uh, she was taught in, in history class that the Pledge of Allegiance was only to recruit people for the Vietnam War. That's what she was taught. The whole class was taught this. And so I talked to the principal, and I talked to the teacher, and they had no idea what the, pledge of, the meaning of the Pledge of Allegiance is. And so really to know what that meaning is, you have to look up the words in the dictionary, like the word pledge. It's not just a promise. It's a very, very strong promise and one that requires action. So if you haven't actually done something after saying the Pledge of Allegiance, then you haven't fulfilled that pledge. The word allegiance is a partnership between people or organizations, and likewise, it requires action. So it's really important that you actually do something after you say the Pledge of Allegiance. The word republic, most people don't know what that means. Uh, The word indivisible, which means undividable. Uh, And then liberty and justice. Liberty doesn't just mean freedom. It It means freedom from government control, specifically. That's how the founders used that word. And then the word justice. Justice, in the end, it means righteousness, mm. because our country was, was uh, born from biblical values, right? So most people have no idea what that means, and you put all those words together in the way that they are, and it means something very special, and it's not taught in schools anymore. Nobody even tries to do it, except for, I think, Liberty Commons and one school way out on the Eastern Plains. There really aren't any schools that teach that anymore. Boy, it would be great for teachers to start to... Take, take that. I just learned a lot uh, from you right now, John. So I so appreciate that. And um, again, our kids need to understand what this Pledge of Allegiance is to this uh, this republic. Uh, and this, um, I appreciate it, John. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay. Anne in Denver. Anne in Denver. What's on your radar? Okay. So the pledge to take action today is to contact by phone and also contact your neighbors on both sides and as many as possible. And even if it's only three people, call them and say why to vote for Tina Peters, why to vote for Ron Hanks, why to vote for, if you're in CD, 
um, seven, I, if you look at who, who endorses people just by going to their candidate's website, you'll know you want to support Laurel Eimer in CD7, which is Jefferson County. You know you want Lori Sane in CD8. And I don't know too many of the other congressional districts, but those are critical, important races. And this is how the rhinos get in, is because they defeat us in the primaries, the, the patriots. So please call. You know, this is a call to action um, to call at least five to ten people that you know and say, did you vote? And here it is. And, and what do you think? And, and look at these endorsements of these strong constitutional candidates. And uh, Greg Lopez for governor, I did endorse in the top three races, and that is an essay that's on my website, um, and really encourage, make sure you're voting for the grassroots candidates. These are everyday people that are stepping forward. They're pledging, uh, they're pledging themselves to uh, be representatives for us. So, Anne and Denver, thank you so much, and for thank you for all the great work that you do. Thank you. Okay, and today is primary day, so make sure that you get your ballots in uh, and um, make sure that you vote. Grassroots candidates, and I have endorsed Greg Lopez for governor, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, and Tina Peters for Secretary of State. And Colorado is at the tip of the spear. And so do something to protect our country, and that is to vote for these grassroots candidates across the spectrum. Our quote for the end of the show is from Herbert Hoover. He said, it, freedom, is a thing of the spirit. Men must be free to worship, to think, to hold opinions, to speak without fear. They must be free to challenge wrong and oppression with the surety of justice. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.